Good evening. Today is September 26th, 2020. It is 7.05 p.m. I'm Rachel. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to News and Brews. Welcome, all you News and Brews fans. Hi, Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about the, the Tiger King lady when you said that. Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. I'm Carol Baskin. Did you see she was on Dancing with the Stars? I didn't watch it, no. <laughs> I didn't either, of course not, but I saw like news clippings. Yeah. Of her dancing. Oh, God. And I don't know how she hasn't lost any weight because they go through a rigorous dancing training schedule. Yeah. She looks the same and she's still wearing like a flower. flower crown? Yes, a flower crown. And she has an all tiger print dress, like long sleeve. No. To the floor, flowy. Gross. Dude, it was... Was and her they, husband in the audience? I don't know. I didn't see that. <laughs> holding clip. a sign. I'm here totally. You know, at my own will. I am yeah, not being held prisoner. I promise. He's <laughs> probably like digging his escape tunnel. <laughs> um, poor guy. But they gave her like a three and a four. Oh god, <laughs> like really bad scores. Yeah, hey you cool cats and kittens. And then they showed her like some clip of her crying because they're like, how do you feel about how you've been made to look after the Tiger King? And she just like burst out the tears. And it was so unfair. And Except the state of Florida has reopened your husband's mysterious disappearance. So right. they must think that there's enough there to reopen an investigation. Right. Exactly. Sorry. Because most people who listen to you and you were like, how could I have put him in a septic tank? The septic tank was there, and now it's just covered. How could I put it in a septic tank? And we all are like, yeah, septic tanks have lids. Right. And they're big. Right. They're like a 1,000 gallons. Right. And she's like, look, you couldn't fit a whole hand in a meat grinder? Look. <laughs> How do you know that? I didn't know that. How do you know a whole hand doesn't fit in a meat That's grinder? That's oddly specific. Uh, yes knowledge base you have there carol exactly. as soon as you said that i was like um what excuse me yeah i don't know except meat grinders are made to like take whole steaks and like grind them right. into hamburger i'm like i'm pretty sure a cow and she has like an industrial one to feed tigers yeah. you're not using a small homemade kitchen no. meat grinder no those are big yeah those are really big yeah so I'm pretty sure a human hand could fit yeah. in a meat grinder. Right. <laughs> You're lying. This like three finger butchers are like, I beg to differ, Carol Baskin. <laughs> Her ex-employees. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. Well, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, it has. we recorded. You're up on your lingo. Look at you. Hot minute? Yeah. Talking all. Is that a... Is that a- I don't know if it's a new lingo. I'm so <laughs> old. Like oh my God, ago. I know. You know what? I just like have finally come to peace with the fact that I am the type of person who sits and watches a history documentary with subtitles on. <laughs> That's who I am. Oh, yeah. It's funny because I, list- I have subtitles too. Yeah. Well, a lot of times like people are british and they talk really fast and i don't want to miss any facts so i put the subtitles on yeah that makes sense so i can see every (laughs) all the facts all the facts anyway 
What have you been up to this last month? I haven't seen you since August. It's now the end of Has September. Has it been August? Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Dealing with my family, which mm. is a hot mess. That. Dysfunctional family. It just, there's... I know I'm not the only one with this dys- dysfunctional family, but it's like each family member in a dysfunctional family has its own fire nado of problems <laughs> that it, somehow I get sucked into the fire nado of things because of relative closeness, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's just been a lot of drama going on with siblings and uh, nieces and stuff and so um when i'm not dealing with that i'm basically hiding under the cover in my room covers in my room watching documentaries with the subtitles on <laughs> nice. they're not necessarily history documentaries nice. they're more like crime or like the social dilemma on netflix yeah and, um have you seen this new um it's not a documentary but it's based on a true story it's like a five or six part series that just came out on hbo max um it's called like the White House Farm Murders. No, but it just came out a few days ago. Okay, I'll have to look it up because I have HBO. Yeah, it'll you know when you yeah mm-hmm. you scroll the featured, it'll be on one of the featured blocks when oh, okay. you log in. Um, but it was a story that took uh, took place in 1985 in is it Essex, Essex or Sussex, Essex, England. Yeah, okay. um, and it's about this family and. There's these two older uh, folks. They're like their grandparents' age, basically, and they have two adopted kids. You know, like in their early 30s, late 20s. Um, and one, the female, is pretty mentally ill, and she's on like injection shots, and the injection shots make her jittery. And I think she's schizophrenic because she like is like <laughs> they have demons in them and that kind right. of stuff. She yeah. has episodes, and so yeah. she'd been committed, I think, twice. Um, and she was recently divorced and has two twin boys that I think are five or six years old. And then there's a son um, who's this self-entitled prick, whatever. But anyways, so these uh, the son calls the police, the local police. The police show up to the house and find the parents and the two twin boys and the uh, mentally ill daughter all shot to death. Like several shots, like there's 20 shots total between between the four of them. So it looks like a murder suicide, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give away the ending, but it's a true story and they stick really close to, you know, they don't dramatize much and they Mm -hmm. stick really close to exactly what happened. And it's amazing. It's sad, but it's amazing. This story, like I'd never heard about it and it's like a pretty popular true crime story. Um, but I would recommend anyone read about it or, or watch that if they have HBO Max. I do, thanks to you, because you shared with me. I oh, appreciate right. that. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about um, that. But it's really good. Like, it sucked me in. I, and you never heard about the White white Farm, White House Farm murders? Mm-mm. No. It's nuts. It doesn't ring a bell. It's nuts. The story is just crazy. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Talk about a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's bad. But it's I, good. I will have to watch that. Um, so you've been dealing with family stuff. I I took my kids camping in the end of August. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to the peninsula uh, to like swim area. 
Really? Mm-hmm. To go camping? Yeah, like right on the water. Oh, they and have camping on the beach there? Uh, not on the beach itself, but like on the cliffs above the beach. It's actually a really pretty area. I didn't know that. Yeah. I went to swim once with VDAS a long oh time ago God. to some... <laughs> It was a girl's jail, like a minor's girl's jail facility. I think I was there. Did you come? I'm pretty sure I was there. Yeah, I think you I did come. Watching, did you have pigtails? Probably had like braided hair or something. And yeah, I, I think was, you had pigtails for whatever reason. I remember someone with pigtails. I'm pretty sure I was there to watch somebody's baby. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it was like, but it wasn't like a jail cell, like a prison. It was like, because um, we, I remember we were outside. Oh, no, then I wasn't... the back of the building. I remember being inside at another, like, jail. Well, there was an inside facility, but we... I remember there was, like, a courtyard in the back or whatever. And the girls could go back there, so it wasn't, like... But it was, like, a correctional facility for minors. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I went on that. Yeah, I think you did, and I think you wore pigtails. (sighs) But that's the only time I've been to Squim, and I hated it. Yeah, there's not a lot to do in the town of squim itself it was like gray and cloudy and ugly and small and weird and yeah well it's it's there's a really great campground (laughs) i believe you and there's a lot of lavender fields oh that's cool yeah that's a Um, long drive though right you have to take a ferry uh it was actually not too bad it's like three and a half hours to get there including ferry time um yeah oh okay that's not bad it's only like an hour from port townsend for some reason, I feel yeah. like it was it's like eight far. hours. No, no. It's not like driving to Forks. Oh, God. I hate La Push. Oh, no. My parents were talking about going there. And I was like, no. 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 I am not camping there ever again. Uh-uh. <laughs> Never again. The The campground itself, you know, it being on the beach with the cabins was cool if it wasn't tarnished by the memories <laughs> of being there every year oh, just so people could serve. <laughs> With nothing for anybody else to do. Yeah, there's nothing. And it wasn't like an hour into Forks or something like that? Yeah, it's a drive into Forks. Yeah. And then there's nothing there No, there's nothing there either. Especially when you're underage and can't go to a bar or something like this. Yeah, exactly. God, what if... And it's just foggy all the time except for like one hour a day. Yep. What a nightmare. Yeah. So, no, we didn't go that far west. Um... We went to this place called the, uh, it's like the, it's a, it was a game preserve or like a game farm. And I didn't really do my research too well about it. I just knew that you could like drive there and they have like buffaloes and stuff that you can like feed. In Squim? Yeah. And that you can feed bread to. So I was like, hey, let's go there. They've got a bunch of elk and buffalo that you can feed bread to. Well, it's this like huge zoo, basically. But you like drive through it in your car. That's kind of cool. And they have a bunch of yaks and llamas, two zebras, a bunch of elk and buffalo that you can like drive through and feed bread to, which is very cool. But they have a predator area that was really sad. And what do you mean? Like, they had, like, six bears. Oh, and they in were, cages? No, the bears weren't in cages. They were, like, in grassy enclosures with, like, an electric fence. But they were, like, old, sad-looking bears. Like, and people... So the, all the signs say, like, stay in your car 
um, do not stop. Just drive slowly and, um, you know, don't stop your car. That sucks. We, you can't stop. So, like, people would stop, though, in front. And so then the whole line of traffic. Yeah, you would totally do mm-hmm. that. whole line of traffic <laughs> would back up. Um, but they were, like, stopping in front. So there's this old Kodiak bear, and he's just sitting there, Aww. like, big brown bear. And he's just sitting there. It's a hot day, so he's just... Those kinda, are huge. Yeah, he's just kind of sitting there in the shade. And people are just, like, throwing whole pieces of bread at him, hoping that he'll, like, eat the bread. But he's got, like, 85 pieces of bread at his feet, and he's, like, not eating your bread today, guys. Throw me some salmon, so asshole. Like throwing bread at his face, Aww. and I'm just, like, he doesn't want your bread. Like, So they had, like, six bears. Did they have enough room, or did it feel like... Each bear had about the size of, like maybe twice the size of this room that's not enough room not for they can't go and wander out no so they're stuck yeah the other animals are like have like big free ranging areas like all the herbivores but the predators don't and so then how is that legal is that legal yeah oh i thought they had to have like so many acres to roam or whatever i don't think so but the worst thing was is they did have a tiger in a cage, like a little tiny cage. They oh. had wolves in little tiny cages, and I just was like, oh, God, I just gave these people my money. Oh. <laughs> like, it felt so bad going through the – it was awful, the predator area. Just, like, giant wolves in, like, small, like, 12 by 12 cages. Oh, my just God. Just, like, pacing back and, and forth. And they're always in there. They don't let them loose and – how, I don't understand how that's legal. I don't know. I thought that they had to give so much space to... Right? I don't know, dude. It. And their argument is, like, these are all, like, circus animals and stuff that were going to be euthanized, and then they rescue Yeah, right. Them. I don't believe so that. So that's kind of their excuse, or, like, a couple of the bears used to be, like, Disney movie bears. Like, they were in movies and stuff. But they the bears looked really sad. Even if they were those Disney bears or circus bears and they're going to be killed, wouldn't you let... So they've been in cages or in, you know, not great conditions their whole life. Wouldn't you now want them to be... Have room to roam, like be in a sanctuary? Or, you know what I mean? I know. Why would you then keep... Justify that to keep them in cages or in a small area where they need thousands and thousands of square feet and hundreds of acres yeah yeah no wonder why they're sad i know i felt really bad about that the herbivore part was really cool i actually had a buffalo stick its whole head in my car that's awesome as i was driving (laughs) did it have horns they have little horns yeah right there's elk that were huge like huge male elk like giant racks yeah they're old giant racks and it was weird because only one of the male elks actually came up to our car to get bread it was all females like eating the bread it was really (laughs) funny and there's a bunch of like baby elks and baby antelopes and baby reindeer they had antelope antelopes and reindeer the caribou were my favorite they actually the males their antlers were still velvety they hadn't shed yet so we were able and they were like pure white antlers and we were able to, like, pet their velvety... They came that close to your car mm-hmm. that you could reach out your arm and pet them? Yeah. Yeah. And wow. they're just eating bread. So that was really cool. And I think 
if that place just had the herbivores, I would totally go back. But the so the herbivores have plenty of space. They've to got roam. a lot of space. Yeah. Why couldn't they give that to the predators? Because they probably wouldn't come close enough for people to see. I bet. Or there's also the risk that they would get loose. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the I legalities bet, of it. I bet it's because they wouldn't come close enough to the cars for people right. to see them. Because <laughs> they're like, I don't want your bread. I'm going yeah. after that elk yeah. right there. <laughs> Although bears are omnivores. So, like, I'm pretty sure they eat the bread from time to time. But we went, like, one in the afternoon. So it was like they'd been getting bread since 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And they were just like, I don't want your bread. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, and then school started online. How's that going? I've been meaning nah, to ask you. Nah, Is it as bad as you thought it might be? No, yes and no. I mean, there's parts of it that are frustrating just because certain subjects for certain kids are really hard online. But I get why they're doing this, though. You look at the school districts oh, totally. in the South who reopened and closed after three days. Oh, my God. Those yeah. teachers, like, there's a couple teachers that ended up dying. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. So I get it. And I, you know, I would never... I never want one of my kids' teachers to no um, get hit with it. I just, yeah, I get it. It's just such a... What do you think? Do you think that the numbers will be good, or do you think that it's not going to... It's inevitable that it's going to spread? I don't know, because our numbers were really good, and so our county reopened into, like, phase three, but then people from other counties came to our county for services they couldn't get in their county because they weren't reopened and then oh. brought it here and so then our number spiked again i didn't know that i didn't know our number spiked do you know what we're at no now we're back down because oh. then we went back down so our numbers have been really in this community have been really low and steady but i'm just worried like if we <clears throat> like open stuff back up that that same thing's going to happen of like people coming from Seattle or right. Yakima oh, for stuff. And then, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that what I've noticed, not that I go out a lot, but when I do, um, it's rare that I see one person not wearing a mask in the grocery store, post office or UPS or wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very rare that I see. Yeah. Maybe I'll see one person once a week not wearing a mask yeah um and sometimes i forget myself but i've been being better instead of being like oh forget it i go back to my car and get my mask and go back Mm -hmm. in the store i've been trying to be more better about remembering that that's good good job (laughs) i'm trying it's not on purpose i put it on my blinker right so i try to remember when i get out of the car i just started wearing handkerchiefs smart i just started tying them around my neck every morning so that i always have Smart. Something. And I bought a bunch of pretty ones. Yeah, I was going to say that's cute. I like the colors. So I just, yeah. And it looks part of your outfit. Right. Smart. So yeah, so I think we've been responsible mm-hmm. um, more so than like uh, my friend who lives in Missouri. She, they, they, their cases are just out of control. They oh have one God. of the highest numbers in the country. Oh Her God. daughter's in preschool and they don't wear masks. It's not mandatory. And she sends her daughter with a mask to school, but she's not required by the teacher to keep it on. 
and none of the other kids are wearing masks. Okay, so one of the stories I chose not to do, this is the headline. Missouri governor and wife to host fall festival days after COVID-19 diagnosis. The governor of Missouri has it? Just two days after announcing that they had contracted the coronavirus, Republican Governor Mike Parson and his wife, Teresa Parson, have reassured Missourians that they will still plan to host their annual fall festival next month. What in the world? We will proceed with this event, the First Lady wrote in all caps on Twitter. Come enjoy the outdoor activities and the beautiful fall decoration. Oh, my God. So that's Missouri for you. Yeah. My friend was saying how she encounters people every day, whether she's dropping her kids off at school or grocery store or whatever. And she feels like she's taking crazy pills because she feels like she's the only person in her state and the people that surround her that doesn't think it's a hoax. Every person she runs into has it. Right. And when she goes to like mommy me groups or like her daughter's dance recital talking to other moms or whatever wherever she's at she said nowhere no one wears masks when i go to the grocery store the only place that they do is costco because costco it's, required right. it because of company policy, policy. Yeah. right but nowhere else she you know nothing has changed and and everyone thinks it's a lie like no one actually believes it's a real thing where she lives and of course she lives in rural missouri but i mean she's only like an hour from st louis so it's not like really that podunk Mm -hmm. but she's just like i feel like taking crazy like i'm taking crazy pills like i'm the only one that knows that this and that 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 her daughter every day she sends her to school she there's a chance that she's gonna get sick just sad yeah it's just stressing her out is what she's saying for sure and she has another um younger uh, boy that's just hell on wheels he's cute but man he's he's a boy he's you know like bam bam like right. fisher <laughs> and he's three and so she, there's no way she can homeschool her daughter right she just doesn't have there's not have so she has to send her daughter to school but not even the school is taking it seriously yeah like that's very can you imagine living in that if no, our state was like that i would be pissed right. i would not be happy yeah why don't we talk about our brew before we start talking more oh, yeah, about Oh, yeah, sorry. The news. No, we you're haven't fine. seen each we other in totally a while. Totally rabbit trail. We, We're know, catching up. We do have to catch up. So I found this at the Skagit Valley Food Co. <laughs> plug, plug. Um, surprise, us. surprise. And it is called um, Blue Monkey Sparkling Watermelon Juice. This looks really delicious. Um, not from concentrate. Not from concentrate. Not concentrated watermelon. It's a product of Vietnam, um, and it is uh, ingredients: fifty-five percent watermelon juice, carbonated water, lemon juice, vitamin C. Yum. Is yours the exact same? Exact same. Okay. And I'm a little nervous because, like, I like watermelon. Oh no, I'm gonna sneeze. Good thing I have my hanky. <laughs> Um, I didn't know there was concentrate watermelon. <laughs> Not from concentrate. Where is there concentrated watermelon? Um, I like watermelon. Me too. But I'm not like in general a huge melon fan. Like I right. hate cantaloupe. And I will only eat honeydew as long as it's not too ripe. Once it gets too ripe, it it's tastes just, like cantaloupe. Yeah, you're right. And every once in a while when watermelon's too ripe, it tastes like that and I can't do it. So I'm really hoping it's not... Um, 
it's not in the cantaloupe family. I don't think it will <laughs> okay, be. I, my guess is that it's not going to be like super heavy watermelon taste. Mm. I bet it will be like a diluted taste. That's my guess. Right. I don't know. So, yeah, it's supposed to be fizzy and it is. Um, let's see. 100% vitamin C. Oh, wow. Check that out. Nice. Um, and oh, there's okay, 80 calories. Per can, it's 11.2 fluid ounces. And I don't see, okay, 19 carbs and then 18 grams of sugar in those carbs. Sneezing. And looks like it's all coming from watermelon juice, the sugar. It says yeah. no added sugar. I didn't realize there was that much sugar in watermelon. I always thought that was kind of a low sugar fruit. Really sweet, though. Yeah, but compared to like bananas or oranges, mm -hmm. I would think it would be a lot less know. sugar. Okay. That's my guess. Hey, it's fizzy. You're shaking Whoop. it. Whoops. <laughs> God, not again. Ready? Okay, wait. We have to smell it first. It smells, it exactly smells like a Jolly Rancher. It smells like watermelon gum. Yes. Or like a Jolly Rancher. You're yeah. right. Okay. That's good. Holy crap. I don't care what you say. It's That's so good. It's so good. I didn't think I was going to wow. like this. It's so... It tastes just like a watermelon. Yeah, but like candy watermelon. Yes, yes. Like watermelon candy. Not like drinking squeezed watermelon juice. Uh-uh. It tastes like, you're right, a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Yeah. And I like that it's fizzy. Mm-hmm. If it mm. wasn't fizzy, I don't think I'd like it. No, I wouldn't either. I like it a lot. That's really good. Ooh. Mmm. You know this would be good with <laughs> some ice and a lemon wedge. Yes, wouldn't it though? Yes, it would. I mean, it already has lemon juice in it, mm. and this is like not super cold either. I bet no, it would be a lot better if it was for a while, like super chilled. Oh, I would love it over ice. It tastes healthy. It and tastes like yeah. It tastes just like candy. It tastes healthy. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm so malnutrition. <laughs> I like it. I say it's a buy. I want to say it was about $3 for the cans. So kind of like coconut water price. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I thought yeah. it was going to have coconut water in it. I did too. And I'm actually really glad it doesn't because I hate coconut water. Oh, I love coconut water. <laughs> I know you do. So hydrating. Yeah. Who would have known? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they're saying it's just watermelon juice, carbonated water, lemon juice, and vitamin C. But I feel like there's something else added into it. Like, did they really squeeze watermelon? I mean, is that, there's nothing else in here? Well, I'm guessing they didn't just put a whole watermelon in the can. Well, you know what I mean, though? It, it Like, if you were to squeeze watermelon right now, would it taste like this? No. That's where I'm like, yeah. what else is in here? Yeah. Maybe it's a t the type of watermelon? Maybe. Vietnam like has a, different watermelons. Yeah, maybe a certain different strain. It's super good, though. Yeah. That's impressive. Delicioso. Good job, Rachel. Um, what's your first story? Okay, so my first story is from ABC News, um, and the title is Two Former Leaders of Holyoke Soldiers Home Charged in COVID-19 Deaths. So this takes place in Massachusetts. Wait, and can you read that title again? Yeah. 
two former leaders of Holyoke Soldiers Home charged in COVID-19 deaths. Soldier home? Like it's a... Like a veteran's home, a retirement oh, home for veterans. No. Like, you know, my uncle's yeah. at the one at the VA in Port Townsend. Yeah. Um, so they're a little, they're a step up above like a normal nursing home, like where my grandma stayed, but apparently they're not. So this article talks about uh, like the executors or the, the two people that are most in charge making the decisions of everyday operations at this VA home in Massachusetts uh, really screwed the pooch and um, caused a lot of deaths Ugh. from their choices. So I'll read a little bit from the article and then I'll explain a little bit more. So two former leaders of the Holyoke Soldiers Home in Massachusetts have been indicted in connection with the COVID-19 deaths of nearly a dozen veterans, Attorney General Maura Healy announced Friday. Former Superintendent Bennett Walsh and former Medical Director Dr. David Clinton each have been charged with criminal neglect following an investigation in the facility where at least 76 residents died of COVID-19 died Holy shit. that's not infections that's died because of their decisions wow i yeah i'm so i applaud her for bringing charges against these people yeah. wait till you hear what they did so they're each facing about five counts of reckless and want, wantonly endangerment yeah wa- how wanton you, endangerment yeah, i don't understand what that word means it's with wanton. a w wanton yeah it's like um not only is it like i used to think it was wanted <laughs> no, it's almost like um uh, uh like uh like when you see someone like rubbing the the evil rubbing your hands yes. together like it's almost Mr. like Mr. Smithers. Yeah, it's almost like an intent to disregard what's best. Like uh, it's like it's okay. a scheme almost. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um I didn't know that. So they're east fa- facing five counts of a uh, caretaker who want, wantonly or recklessly commits or permits bodily injury to an elderly or disabled person and five counts of caretaker who wantonly and reckless, recklessly permits or commits or permits abuse, neglect or mistreatment to an elderly or disabled person. So... Um, there was 76 people so far. Now the count, so I've read a few stories over the last couple of months where it started out at like, you know, 15, then the count went up to 26 and then it was 46. And now it's claimed at least 76 lives from in one home, in one veterans home in Massachusetts. Ooh. And they can directly connect it to these two people's decisions. Wow. Yes, exactly. So, um, it goes on to say that, these veterans risked their lives in Vietnam, mm-hmm. in um, Normandy, and and uh, like went into so many different dangerous situations serving our country, and yet they died under horrific circumstances in the home mm-hmm. of COVID nineteen because of what these two people yeah. decided. And their excuse was, "Well, we had staff shortages and not enough room." And just excuse after excuse. Oh, and no outside help from the federal or state government. And so um, the the prosecution basically focused on um, a March 27th decision to consolidate 
two dementia units into one. March 27th. We all well knew about COVID-19 by March 27th. Yeah. Especially someone who's in charge of an elderly home. They would be the first people to be informed. Considering the fact that it, what sparked the national outbreak was a... Here. Here in an elder In Kirkland. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You would think that they would be... um, Yeah. They were the first in the news. Right. Exactly. And they're informed and they you know from the health the local health department and they have to be on Especially top of all if that it's shit a va right they're receiving their federal facility right i don't federally funded they would have to be if it's a veterans facility right so they'd be more in the know i would assume so um these guys decided to consolidate two dimension units into one which resulted in the placement of symptomatic residents, including confirmed COVID-19 <gasps> positive residents and asymptomatic residents within feet of each other, increasing their exposure to oh each other. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the district attorney um, alleged that Walsh and Clinton were ultimately responsible for the decision on March 27th that led to the tragic Um, and deadly results of combining 42 veterans into a single unit that usually only accommodates up to max 25 beds. Six or seven veterans were placed in rooms meant to hold only four people max. Because of overcrowding, nine beds were also placed in the dining room. The dining room, where people still came in to eat. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and, um... (laughs) Some of the people that they placed in the dining room had COVID-19 were confirmed. So it says some of the residents in the dining room had symptoms of COVID-19. Some did not. The beds in these vet, the beds of these veterans in the dining room were just a few feet apart from each other. Some were next to, ne- excuse me, my mouth is so dry. <laughs> I have to drink some water. Okay, so the beds were just a few feet from each other. Some were next to the room, were confirmed positive residents were located and residents in the unit were mingling together regardless of their COVID-19 status. So they didn't keep these people separated and they would put positive COVID-19 and negative in the same room and some in the dining room where people came in to eat. And they had like seven, what, eight people in a room meant for four. So my grandmother was in a room with two other women and this room was smaller than your office um it was probably about half if you were to cut this down the middle Mm -hmm. about less than than that wide like and it wasn't even that long and there were three and we're talking like hospital beds Mm -hmm. they're not you know and really that room was meant for two people but this home in ellensburg would cram as many people as they could and it was just ridiculous how like and some people weren't even there to to like die some people were there to recover like there was a a woman in her late 30s that was there recovering from a hip replacement and they put her in the same room as my grandmother in the middle between the two beds my grandmother's literally dying and then there's another lady like in her 90s on the other side and my grandma's coughing and hacking and and event and eventually this lady asked to be moved after a few days because she's like uh it's just bonkers how these nursing homes are ran and i had no idea until i experienced it myself so this doesn't surprise me 
Um, so um, the district attorney said that these reckless decisions placed asymptomatic veterans at a greater risk of contracting the virus and a greater risk of death. Um, while the criminal indictment cannot bring back their loved ones, I do hope sincerely that it provides those affected by this tragedy some solace that we're doing everything we can to hold the people accountable. And it goes on to just talk about more bad decisions they made. And um, there's there was like this 174-page report. Um, well, I, I can't even think of any more bad. Like, were the COVID <laughs> patients, like, mixing the food with their yeah, bare hands? Exactly. Like, what else could they have done that was even more egregious? So, in a 174-page report that they... Uh, submitted to explain their circumstances. I guess a nurse got their, his, her two cents in there and uh, reported that she said, and I quote, it felt like it was moving the concentration camp. We were moving these unknowing veterans off to die. They uh, didn't even know that they were at risk. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, and he's saying, well, we didn't have enough room. We didn't have enough help. We asked for help, but it didn't come. It's not our fault. And they're, they're pleading not guilty on the so indictment how, charge. So how did every other nursing home figure it out, but they didn't? <laughs> yeah, and they're a VA. They're supposed to be above reproach. They're not just some normal podunk nursing home in the middle of nowhere. They have a lot of residents. So I guess like 176 contracted it so far as of this article that was posted a couple days ago. And 76 have died from yeah. it? Wow. So far. That's awful. Yeah. I, I just, when I read this, I was like, what? They knowingly mix these people together with no regard to their lives. Right. Oh, they're going to die anyways. We need the room. <clears throat> Let's put people in the dining room and let other people come in there. And That's what? Insanity. Like At the end of March, we knew a lot. Not everything, but we knew yeah. a lot. My grandparents assisted living, and it's also a nursing home. Like, there's people right. with full-time care there. They were in lockdown by, like, March 10th or 12th. Where no one was allowed to visit. No one was allowed to visit. They shut down the dining hall. They shut down activities. Literally, my grandparents were locked in their apartment. And they got a knock on their door three times a day with their food. Right. And when they opened the door, it was on a cart and there was nobody there. Right. Um, and they... They're like, a private facility though, right? Yeah, but what's the name of this place again? Because it sounds like it's... Holy, Holyoke Soldiers Home. Because it sounds like it's a private facility that gets funding from the VA. Yeah, it's it didn't, not, didn't talk about funding or how they, whatever they all, but it's called Holyoke Soldiers Home. Yeah, my guess is this is a private for-profit business that just gets government subsidies. Oh, maybe. That's what my guess is. So Otherwise, it'd be called the VA, right? I don't think that they had no choice. <laughs> I think that they had lots of... I mean, at the very least, you shut down the community dining room. At the very least. 
I don't I don't buy it. I don't I know. It's ridiculous and he's not gonna get away with it. So uh the Healy, the uh, the district attorney, talks about uh, Walsh, who was the head guy, not the doctor, but the other guy, um, decided, made a decision to uh, place five asymptomatic veterans into what had been a dining area a few feet apart from four other vets who already had COVID-19. One of them died, two became infected, and the other two were spared. So he directly placed them within a few feet of COVID positive on purpose. Not like how, how do you not separate? Like, okay, who cares who's assigned to what room and what units, what unit let's do this wing COVID this wing, not, you know, like, how do you not make that decision? I don't know. And then people that are COVID positive, we bring them their food and then the ones that aren't, Go to the dining room, or I don't know. Shut down the dining room. Yeah, have meals true. Delivered, like true. They do in a hospital. Yeah, right. I seventy six people die. That's awful. Like I, I would not wish dying of COVID on anyone. No, it looks horrific. Like, it looks just bad. Gasping for air, like yeah. You know, my grandma and well, grandma and grandpa, they're both very elderly, but. My grandma hasn't been doing well. Um, I'm sorry. Medically, over this whole quarantine time, it has nothing to do with COVID. She's just old and getting, you know, reaching the end of her days. But I'm like, you know, our hope is that she just, you know, is able to fall asleep one night and then she just doesn't wake up like the way peacefully. And this is not like these veterans, these there were they weren't given that option like no. they didn't get to die peacefully in their sleep like they died horrific they suffered scary painful deaths and uh, that could have been avoided would, yeah that could have been avoided like oh it's awful those families should sue that institution too not just criminal charges but there should be no doubt they didn't talk about if any of the families are suing they should but i'm sure I they would. are and th- this is what i don't understand is it like in my grandma's facility too, is it like cram them all together like cows? Because the more patients we have, the more money we have. So who cares if they're all crammed into the room? Mm-hmm. Is that really? And that's how a lot of those facilities operate. Yeah. How can you? And then I remember like the nurse in my grandma's wing was responsible for forty-five patients. That's insane. Because and there's they all keep, three to a room. Yeah, they keep costs low because they keep staffing low. Yeah, there was only like two nurses yeah, there, and the, there was two giant wings to yeah, this place. So you keep your payroll low, but you keep your income high, and you have a giant. And there was cash never cow. a doctor there. I remember that when I said you need to give my grandma a mass a ton of pain uh, pain medicine. That was our agreement. If I wasn't gonna try to get her to have surgery for her, um, I forget what it's called, where your blood becomes acidic. Oh, okay. I don't know. There's a name for it, but I forget. But that's what <clears throat> she died from. Um, and I said, if if I'm agreeing to let her go, then you're going to let her go peacefully. And that means as much she's morphine. She's asleep. Yes. She's just so she's not suffering. Time. Yeah. So when it came to that point and she was suffering and she was able to say my head, she would just grab her head and just clinch and cry and 
just you could tell she was writhing in pain and i said look this is the agreement i made with the director you need to give her morphine she was i can't until i get a doctor's approval i said where's the doctor oh we never have a doctor here we have to call him he's on call so we call and ask so she had to call the doctor responded three hours later with the okay the on-call doctor responded three hours later by a phone call Never actually showed up. I've never seen an actual doctor there. It was all nurses. So they don't employ a doctor there. They just have someone that you can call and ask for information or approval on things. And then they send it in. And so it took the doctor three hours when my grandma was suffering. And then he only approved like 10 milligrams. Well, 10 milligrams morphine is nothing when you're in that much pain. And then so it took another like six hours to get her bumped up to 20 milligrams. And then it was like that rodeo show for... I don't know, like a day and a half calling that waiting for the doctor to call back. And I was there on the nurse, like, and the nurse was nice too. She was really kind and she understood she was trying to help me, but there is, they're so cheap that they are limited by what they can do because Mm of, I just assumed there would be a doctor in a place like that all the time. Not a nurse making doctor's decisions. Right. I don't know. Sorry, I just went off on my high horse. I just remembered all that. No, it's it's awful. It is awful. And I understand why people don't want to be put in places like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand before, but now I get it. Yeah. My grandma always said I'd rather die crawling to the fridge and die of starvation, you know, than go to one of those places. And I understand. Yeah. There's some, I mean, there's some night, like my grandparents were in a really, they were in a good place. Yeah, that is a good place. Even then... Because they had a little private apartment and they really enjoyed themselves there. But once they got locked in, yeah, my grandma just, she went downhill really quickly. And then my parents, they had to, like once like May, end of May hit and beginning of May, like my parents had to quarantine and then test for COVID and my grandparents had to test and they weren't, nobody was positive. So the nursing home gave them one day. They gave them 24 hours to get all my grandparents' stuff out and move. Oh, so it's a permanent move. They're not going back there? No, they're not going back. They're living at my parents'. Oh. Yeah, because there's no way my grandma would have survived. Like, she was just going crazy. But they're, like, it's ex, it's freaking expensive. And they weren't oh, even... Bet. They weren't even in full-time care. Um, Like, just to have someone um, walk you to the dining dining room every day to get your meals, it's another 500 bucks a month. Just for somebody to walk you, like, come get you at mealtime and walk you there. Because there's people with dementia who don't remember to eat. Right. So that's just for... So it's not even someone that's helping you walk because you can't walk, no, just a reminder. It's just somebody literally, hey, it's time to eat. Let's go get your food. Wow. And they don't like stay with you. or It's just to walk you there. That's 500 bucks a month. So imagine if someone has to come in three times a day to give you medication right. or bathe you. Like it's... And my grandparents, I mean, I think they were paying like $6,000 a month or something to live there. I, I believe that because what my grandma paid and she did, she had... She was stuck in a very small yeah. room with two other ladies with no space and then just... You know those hospital curtains? That's all they had mm-hmm. between them. And the one lady at the far end would yell, I can't see out the door so move your curtains. So my yeah. grandma would lose her privacy because the other lady yeah. would complain. Four grand a month for my grandma to yeah. live in that. That's in awful. That. Yeah. Yeah, it was awful. It was like 
what refugee camp that's what it felt like yeah and i've i worked at when it used to be called merrill gardens Mm -hmm. is it still called that no it's called brookdale so i worked there when i was 17 in the kitchen and serving food in the dining room and it was a nice place it was nothing Mm -hmm. like what my grandma stayed at but that's like people who can't like my grandparents they can't drive they can't really cook for themselves anymore so it was like gave them still a level of independence and right. privacy but they're you know and the walk-in clinic is like right there my grandma oh the ever clinic mm-hmm. yeah like my grandma ended up going there like three times three or four times in the two years they lived there <laughs> just, really yeah just like i don't and that's like that's a nice place it is it is nice and it's still my grandparents still like had a hard time imagine being like your family can't come and see you because i'm sure they locked down the facility they right. just didn't protect the patient soon enough or well enough or at all or at all <laughs> yeah i can't even imagine the hell those people went through That's no awful. how sad yeah Anyway, so I told you I had serious stories today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you have a funny one later. I do have a, it's like heartwarming one later. Um, so speaking what of about you? COVID, I only have like really one story because my other story is like the fun, nice end it. Frog and Toad's Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading that book you got me to my niece the other day. Oh, really? Okay. I was like, see that? That's me and my friend Rachel. <laughs> we can't stop eating the cookies. <laughs> We ride a tandem bike. <laughs> okay, so I saw this um, pop up on Politico, and it kind of freaked me out. Um, so I guess I'll like preface this with um, I told was telling you before we start recording, but for the sake of Carolyn, <laughs> our listener, um, <laughs> hi Carolyn, I I um, got off social media. Like I still have my account because. Which sucks because you like to manage like my company Facebook pages and stuff. I have to have a personal account, which is so irritating. Yeah. But I haven't been, um, I haven't looked at them or done anything on social media in like over two weeks now. Um, So I've been really out of the loop. How do you feel? Just rabbit trail really quick how do you feel do you feel a difference I feel do you feel out like did you feel anxiety at first like you're yeah, out of the loop like I kept picking up my phone like to I should, go to it like yeah, it's an I automatic be, thing yeah I should be doing even though I was like watching a movie or listening to a podcast I kept picking up my phone like to, smoking like, almost yeah to scroll but then I was like no watch your movie or no listen to your podcast um it's hard Yeah, it's super addictive and really unhealthy and especially in this current climate and um, like just family members were making me mad with stuff they were posting about uh, politics and conspiracy theories and just bullshit that I just was like, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, so I have been a little out of the loop as far as news goes because that's how I would see a lot of my news. Like NPR would pop up on my Facebook feed and I'd be like, oh, that's an interesting looking story. I would go to the app and I would look at it and then I would like get stay up to date. So I've been a little out of the loop news wise. 
And I know a lot of shit has gone on in the last few weeks. No doubt. Um, we lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg. R.I.P. R.B.G. I'm um, so sad she couldn't hang on for a little while I know, longer. There's so much going on, but this really caught my eye. Um, so it's from Politico, and the the um, headline is, and this is in quotes. It's like a red flag. That's in quotes. Trump ordered HHS ad blitz raises alarms. Um, staffed in part by associates of a longtime GOP operative, the ad campaign includes CeCe Winans, Dennis Quaid, and others pushing an optimistic line about coronavirus. So this article was published. Optimistic? Yes. This article was published yesterday. Um, the health department is moving quickly on a highly unusual advertising campaign to defeat despair, unquote, what? about the coronavirus, a 300 million plus effort that was shaped Whoa. by a political appointee close to President Donald Trump and executed in part by close allies of the official using taxpayer funds. What? The ad blitz described in some budget documents as the COVID immediate surge public advertising and awareness campaign is expected to lean heavily on video interviews between administration officials and celebrities who will discuss the aspects of the corona outbreak and address the Trump administration's response to the crisis, according to six individuals with knowledge of the campaign who described it workings to political you can't use taxpayer dollars to promote your re-election to make yourself look good oh but this isn't this is a public service announcement oh my god to bring positivity to covid how is that legal that's a good question um Senior administration officials have already recorded interviews with celebrities like Dennis Quaid and singer CeCe Winans, and the Health and Human Services Department also has pursued television host Dr. Mahet Oz and musician Garth Brooks for roles in the campaign. What? The public awareness campaign, which HHS is seeking to start airing before Election Day on November 3rd, was largely conceived and organized by Michael Caputo, the health department's top spokesperson who took medical leave last week um, because of cancer. Caputo, who has no medical or scientific background, claimed in a Facebook video on September 13th that the campaign was demanded of me by the president of the United States personally. The Democrats, and by the way, their conjugal media and the leftist scientists that are working for the government, are dead set against it, Caputo told his Facebook followers on the September 13th video. They cannot afford for us to have any good news before November because they are already losing. They're going to come after me because I'm going to put $250 million worth of ads on the air. So clearly this video makes it seem like this is a promotion of Trump for right. his reelection. Right. But the whole thing is in the guise of 
So HHS has defended the campaign as proper and insisted that it will not be co-opted by political pressures. There is no room for political spin in the messages and materials designed by HHS to help Americans make informed decisions about the prevention and treatment of COVID and flu. What? I got one question. Are they going to interview the MyPillow guy? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I wanted in life. Okay. Um, He's a celebrity. Even as, and this is the long article. It's, I have six pages printed out here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Even as the health department barrels forward with cutting the ads, the campaign has eschewed a potential major partner, the Ad Council, the communications industry not-for-profit consortium that has spent decades partnering with the government on campaigns to fight public health problems like AIDS, opioids, and obesity. The council often spends weeks or months strategizing to coordinate public service announcements across multiple industries and not-for-profit partners, said current and former HHS officials who have worked with the group. Um, While the Ad Council earlier this year worked with the federal government and CDC specifically to promote the brand new coronavirus.gov website, a representative told Political that the council is not playing any role with the current Caputo-conceived campaign. So what does that tell you? The Ad Council, which is the not-for-profit, which is, you know, that this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. Yeah, yeah. Where it's always like... Not political, no parties involved, just like public health announcements and awareness right. are refusing to have anything to do with this HHS publicly funded campaign. I wonder why. Because they know, right? So the guy's own words make it very much seem like a campaign strategy. Um. So this whole ad campaign to put a positive spin on the coronavirus what positive spin can they put on it i don't know like it's gonna build your Um, immune system defeat despair defeat despair um so people stop being sad about the coronavirus reminded me of the 1918 flu better known as the spanish flu right did they do the same thing Okay, so you know how it's called the Spanish flu? I don't know why. Okay, let's let's learn some history here, kids. Okay. As the 1918 flu emerged, cover-up and denial helped it spread. This is from history.com. Um, the article was published May 26, 2020 by Becky Little. So Spanish flu has been used to describe the flu pandemic of 1918 and 1919, and the name suggests the outbreak started in Spain. But the term is actually a misnomer and points to a key fact. Nations involved in World War I didn't accurately report their flu outbreaks. Spain remained neutral throughout World War I, and its press freely reported its flu cases, including the Spanish King Alfonso VIII, contracted it in the spring of 1918. This led to the misperception that the flu had originated or was at its worst in Spain. Basically, it gets called the Spanish flu because the Spanish media did their job, says Laura Voigt, a curator. And they exposed it, right? Curator of education at the some museum in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, 
In Great Britain and the United States, which has a long history of blaming other countries for disease, the outbreak was known as the Spanish Grip or the Spanish Lady. Historians aren't actually sure where the 1918 flu strain began, but the first recorded cases were at a U.S. Army camp in Kansas in March of 1918. By the end of 1919, it had infected up to a third of the world's population and killed some 50 million people. It was the worst flu pandemic in recorded history, and it was likely exasperated by a combination of censorship, skepticism, and denial among warring nations. When the flu broke out in wartime, uh, broke out in 1918, wartime press censorship was more entrenched in European countries because Europe had been fighting since 1914, while the United States had only entered the war in 1917. Um, so basically what happened is the allied countries and our president, um, Woodrow Wilson, they put a gag order on the press and told them that they couldn't report on anything negative. It all had to be good news to keep morale up. That sounds familiar. Hmm. Doesn't That's that what Trump's been doing since day one. Uh-huh. Oh, it'll be go- here and gone in a second. The United States entered World War II as an allied power in April 1917. A little over a year later, it passed the 1918 Sedition Act, which made it a crime to say anything the government perceived as harming the country or the war effort. What? Holy shit. So they're doing the same thing. They are doing Fast the same Fast forward 100 thing. years. The defeat despair campaign. Instead of being honest and giving people real news and the truth, they're trying to spin the defeat despair campaign and point out the positive things about coronavirus and what great things the administration has done. Like this guy's quote, that sounds like a campaign ad. Yes. Coincidentally, before the election. Isn't that weird? Did you hear um, the phone call that um, Bob Woodward recorded of him and Trump? Oh, where Trump admitted yeah. that I knew yeah. it was bad, but I didn't want people to panic. So I pl- downplayed <sighs> mm-hmm. it. Because, I mean, we can't have people doing anything to prevent the spread of a global pandemic. Because that's negative nudes. Holy shit. So Trump's trying to put a spin on it because he knows that people are mad about his response and lack of response and knowing Mm -hmm. that it could have been prevented. And that's funny because he calls it the China flu Mm -hmm. when he's at his rallies. Yeah. Just like we called it the Spanish flu, even though it started in the United States. So they know that for sure. That's that where they, the first recorded case showed up. And then, what, like a month later, the king of Spain came down with it or whatever? I'm not sure when the king of Spain came down with it, but like the article says, Spain was neutral, so there was no gag order on their press. Right. So when people were hearing news about a flu in Spain, they thought it was only in Spain and they didn't have to worry about it. Just like with coronavirus. Oh, it's just in China. That's communist junk. That's stuff that Russia and China do. 
Yeah, but the Republicans love freedom. What are you talking about? <laughs> wow. Can they not? How? And it's being paid with our tax yes, dollars. Our, because it's through the HHS and it's uh, supposedly a PSA announcement. But yet the people who normally collaborate on those things don't want anything nope. to do with it because they know. the guy's talking directly about, um, the guy's quote, again, is the Democrats. And by the way, their conjugal media and the leftist scientists that are working for the government are dead set against it. This is a guy's quote from the guy who's heading this up on his Facebook page about this ad campaign. He literally says the Democrats. How is this not political then? Right. And he talks about how the Trump administration has responded and done well with it or something, They cannot right? afford for us to have any good news before November. How? I'm sorry, what good news exactly are we talking about? Because right. I'm pretty sure that the governor of Missouri <laughs> has COVID and yeah. is still going to throw his fall shindig. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am really, really pissed. And when I saw that, my jaw dropped and I was like, holy shit, it's 1918 all over again. How is no one like, well, are there people taking a stand against this and trying to block yeah. it? Yeah, they are. Good. Um, it's just. That probably won't be successful. Because Trump seems to get away with everything. I, the fact that it's being paid for by tax dollars. $300 million and Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. Right. $300 million and hospitals are still struggling to find ventilators. $300 million and we're still distance learning from school. And I personally have friends who have either had to completely like quit their jobs or like I have a friend who had to go to court to get her parenting plan changed so that her daughter could do distance learning wow five grand in in uh legal fees wow so 300 million dollars and we're going to spend it on an ad campaign so coronavirus doesn't look so scary he just found a way to make us pay for his ad campaign yep he just found a way to get the American taxpayers to pay for his reelection. And isn't isn't our Hanford nuclear site like still mm -hmm. leaking and yeah. need cleanup and Yeah. There's bridges that need to be re engineered. Um, wildfires. Everywhere. Wildfires, people desperately needing government assistance. Housing. Um, but we're gonna spend three hundred million dollars on an ad campaign. How does he get away with three hundred million dollars? But we can't find a way to make voting by mail right. feasible. Right. Hmm. Why is he so scared of voting by mail? I don't understand why. Because it allows people who don't have cars to vote. And he's threatened by that. He's threatened by low income voters. Oh. Because low-income voters tend to be minority voters. Right. Gotcha. Who don't always have access to an easy polling station. Gotcha. So if they were to vote by mail, that means all they would have to do is drop a letter into the nearest post office box. Right. Well, I have a car and I vote by mail. Yeah. I've been voting by mail my entire adult life. Right. And I've never committed voting fraud. 
Did, did you notice, I don't know if you ship a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. um, a few months ago, like early summer, I started selling things online on this little, like it's like an Etsy site, mm-hmm. like uh, excess beauty products I have that yeah. I get in like sample boxes I don't want. And so I've been going to the post office a lot to mail it out. And I mailed a package to New York, New York, New York, August 26th, and it still hasn't gotten there. Like a small little box with like a perfume bottle in it. Wow. And it still hasn't got there. And I filed a claim and they're saying it's still in transit. So the last five to six weeks, uh, I don't know what Trump did, but I know he's really close with the head of the, the mm-hmm. postal service. Yeah. And they threw a monkey wrench. And I've, I've asked it, the guys at the post office, I go, is there a monkey wrench in your system? Did something happen all of a sudden? Or is it political? And they're like, we can't answer that. You should switch to shipping with UPS. It's just more expensive. You know, the mm-hmm. cheapest way to yeah. s- is by, you know, first class ground. Yeah. USPS. I, but so so now he's thrown a monkey wrench into mm-hmm. the Postal Service. So, oh, well, it'll be delayed. So it won't. You shouldn't vote by mail. Right. Isn't mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I don't know what he's done. Or. But how does no one see all these or crimes? Different, different um, districts that are leaning right are saying that they're not going to count any ballots, even if they've been postmarked in time that arrives. Isn't that illegal? Yeah. How does he get away with all this? I don't know. And I think there's different voting regulations for different states and districts and stuff, but still like, I mean, freaking dimpled Chad back in, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The whole state of Florida had a recount and they had to wait for all those like mail in ballots to get in and do a recount. Right. And it just was like, we've done it before. Like, yeah. yeah. We've done it for a long time. Yeah. Like, OK, so you have to wait for mail in ballots and maybe we have to wait a week for the final election results. Like, yeah, who cares? Okay. That's what happened with Bush and Gore. Yeah. That's the dimpled Chad. Oh, oh yeah. OK. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. I just don't understand this whole ag campaign is just like another. I wonder if there's somebody like, like the Southern district of New York just calculating and making a list of all his crimes. So when he's not president anymore, they're just going to like arrest him and charge him with all this shit. I wonder about that. Cause Robert Moeller said that the Southern district of New York is still have things that they're wanting to charge Trump with are still investigating things that weren't right. in Robert Mueller's scope. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember him saying yeah. something like that? Yeah. In his, te- when he was testifying. Oh God. So anyway, apparently instead of paying for like, you know, wildfire cleanup or water in Flint, Michigan, we're going to pay Dennis Quaid. To uh, and the my pillow guy <laughs> to talk about the positive things of coronavirus. I don't know what positive things they could come up with. That's sad. I didn't. I didn't hear about that at all. I had no idea. Yeah, that's, so that's fucked my, up. That was my story. Good job, <laughs> Gumshoe Sleuth, oh Rachel. Oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I want him I gone. I still don't like. How do you justify? supporting him like even even they're so blind like he literally says the democrats yeah in his so this is clearly a a campaign thing 
And he wants to push it out before election. Yeah. So it's clearly a campaign thing. And he said that the president personally asked mm-hmm. him to do this. Personally. Yeah. But you're going to sit here and tell me it's not political and it's not motivated. Okay. Wow, dude. Okay, so I just found another article about this. Oh, let's hear it. Um, Okay, so, and this is back from September 1st, and it was reported by FiercePharma.com. Um, HHS bids out massive $250 million ad campaign to put hopeful spin on coronavirus pandemic. Um, so the Department of Human Health and Human Services plans to spend $250 million in media communications to defeat despair and inspire hope around the coronavirus pandemic, according to a media report. Um, more than 10 companies were set to bid. Um, as described, the campaign would tap traditional digital and social media partners, of course, Um, While it's not unusual for government agencies to use advertising to promote public health or raise awareness around a consumer issue, the size of the spend and its timing just ahead of the presidential election raised eyebrows. Mm -hmm. The CDC, for example, has spent $93 million since March on TV ads. Um, These public service type ads um, center on the way people can protect themselves and others during the pandemic, and they direct consumers to the CDC.gov website. However, $250 million is an extremely large budget for a five-month campaign. That amount roughly translates to consumer ad spending from Dunkin' Donuts, Visa, and Domino's Pizza, which all spend around $500 million in the U.S. annually. Wow. So those three huge companies spend $500 million annually. Annually. Our government is spending 250 to 300 million in five months. Wow. I wonder, um, wonder if they're going to pull the ad right after the election. Huh. Maybe. Interesting. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. Doctor. So, <sighs> what's your uh what's your story? Your next story. So, my next story is more of a serious one, too. Mm. It's a weird story that I'm like, how, what? So, the article is by uh, People Magazine uh, from their website, people.com. And the title of it is, Where is Erica Lloyd? California mom went on pandemic road trip in June and hasn't been seen since. Wow. Yeah, this article was dated September 23rd. And it's so weird because her friends and family are still like, oh, I'm sure she'll show up. Like, yeah, right? Can Wait. you imagine me going on a road trip and not? No. And that's the thing. She went by herself. She lives in California and um, like Northern California. And she drove all the way down to Joshua Tree, which is east of Los Angeles mm-hmm. in the desert. Like if you're going to go to Las Vegas. Uh, by herself because I guess she was struggling. She'd lost her job or not her job. She ran a small business and um, she had to close down her small business because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then her kids had to stay home from school. So she was like homeschooling her kids and, and not working and no money coming in. And it was just like too much for her. So she decided to take a break by herself and go down to Joshua Tree to go camping or stay at a hotel or something like that. 
So I'll read a little bit of the article. It says, Erica Lloyd was reported missing on June 17th, more than three months ago. California mom Erica Lloyd set out for a solo road trip to Joshua Tree National Park. She never returned, and her family and friends are still seeking answers. Lloyd, who's 37, was reported missing by her family on June 17th after they lost contact with her for two days. They waited two days to call her in missing. I wouldn't wait two days. Well, I mean, you kind of have to think like, oh, she's camping. She probably doesn't have service. Maybe, but they didn't say anything about service. But yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't wait for two days. So um, she was last seen by her roommates on June 14th at her home in Walnut Creek when she told them she was meeting people at the National Park, according Mm -hmm. to the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. But investigators have not been able to ascertain the identities of these people Lloyd said she was meeting up with. Instead, they have recovered only Lloyd's camping supplies and her abandoned car on a local road outside the park. Despite Lloyd's sudden disappearance, investigators do not believe any foul play was involved. Yeah. Though some of her friends think it's a possibility. It's obvious foul play, right? Wouldn't you think? Well, they are probably saying she probably just ran away from her life, like met up with these people and just took off. That's without her car and her camping supplies. Right. I'm sure that's that's what they're saying, though. Right. But if I mean, if it were me, I'd be like, "Okay, let's take off. But I'm going to sell my car, get some cash, maybe even sell my camping equipment, camping stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would take what's valuable and get as much cash as I could to start my new life. Right. Not just abandon your car on the side of the road. Okay. Is it talking about like have her credit cards hit? Like they haven't, they haven't discussed that. Um, It's a relatively short article, which is weird, but they're making light of it. That's the way I took it anyways. So Lloyd's family told local station KESQ, the drive was supposed to be a pandemic road trip. So Lloyd could take her mind off things. Lloyd reportedly having a hard time owning a small business during the coronavirus pandemic, being a single mother and coming to terms with the current state of the world. That makes sense. If I was a mom, I'd be a hell of a lot more worried about this than I am now. Mm -hmm. Can't even imagine. She seemed like she was fine, Lloyd's mother, Ruth Lloyd, said. Being in lockdown for almost three months, not being able to work, and she was trying to homeschool her son, it started to get to her and the pressure... And not having any income. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to that a little Mm -hmm. bit, right? Yeah. It's a stressful time. Right. So uh, while no one has heard from Lloyd, Martin Cox, who owns a home in the desert, says he saw the woman matching her description at a rest stop west of the National Park three days after she was reported missing. Cox tells People Magazine, it was kind of odd. She just started... Uh, started off toward the west. She didn't have a purse or any luggage. There was no one around, and she wasn't marked up, no scratches or bruises or anything. Um, When Cox went home and saw the flyer for Lloyd showing her tattoos and that she was missing, it convinced him that he'd seen her. So he called authorities to report, report his sighting that sold me, he says. It was her when I saw the flyer. It was definitely her. Lloyd is described as standing five uh, five four, weighing 125 pounds, having dark brown hair and blue eyes. She's actually really pretty. Here's a picture of her with her son. 
No. Small, pretty girl yeah. went to the middle of the desert. And I mean, I've known a lot of my friends go to Joshua Tree to go camping and it's a popular spot, but it's also in the middle of nowhere. It's a desert and there's a lot of weirdos out there. You so know what I mean? this guy at the gas station, she had nothing on her, not even a water bottle, and she's just walking down no the road. No purse, no luggage. the west? Nothing. Yeah, that's all he said. And west would be back towards civilization. Yeah. Um, I've done that drive from LA to Las Vegas, and literally it's three and a half hours of desert and one road. It's one single lane highway the whole way there through the desert. And, and it's a major thoroughfare. It's the only way. Even if there's no foul play, it's still a concerning situation. Three that months? That she was walking down the road with nothing, uh-huh. not even a water bottle, west into a desert. Yeah, from a truck stop. And if she, I can understand if they hadn't found her car and supplies and stuff like that. Maybe she really did just take like, off just from take her off. life. But again, if you were going to take off from your life, you would get as much cash and supplies as you could. Yeah, it makes me think that maybe her car broke down and that's why it was on the side of a road. Or, uh, or maybe someone drove it there. Or, uh, I mean, again, if even if there was no foul play, maybe somebody, maybe she was on a bad trip. But that still Maybe. doesn't mean that it's normal or okay no. for a person to be walking into a desert with not even a water bottle. No, I know. So the rest of the article just says, anyone with information of Lloyd's whereabouts is urged to contact Walnut Creek Police Department or the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. Wow. That's the whole article. That's No, that's concerning. If I was right? her family, I would be like, okay, well... Let's find her body because she's either died of heat exhaustion in a desert or something happened to her. Yeah, obviously. If she was walking, like you don't run away from your life without even your purse. No. And I'm thinking if her car broke down, maybe a trucker, because that's a huge trucking mm-hmm. uh, fare through um, from Los Angeles uh, to uh las vegas joshua tree's a little bit south of that but um maybe a trucker picked her up and took her to the rest stop because she made it to the rest stop Mm -hmm. but her car wasn't by the rest stop right so did she walk was she given a ride um you know a pretty girl five four hundred twenty five pounds i could throw something like that over my shoulder Mm -hmm. and young and alone and stressed out and or whatever the fact that she had nothing with her to me says that she was having some sort of mental breakdown or something happening like i said a bad trip and either somebody took advantage of that or she wandered off and she's gone right but they don't say anything about like previous mental health history but the thing that cues me is that she was she wasn't going camping alone. She was meeting, meeting friends, friends, but they, they can't figure out or have any contacts or any notes or any record of who yeah, these people were that she was meeting. Super weird. That's super weird. So they're not friends that she's known for a long time. Right. Otherwise, it's not like Joe from high school. Right. There's a face. There's a Facebook chain. Right. Of like, okay, well, let's meet here and right. blah blah blah, and then you can go to Joe's profile right. and see he lives in Oregon. Okay. Let's right. Track Joe down. No, it's just like. 
and her roommates have no idea who these people are that she was meeting. That's... There's no, they can't find anybody that even indicates a person that wow. she was meeting. That's so... So maybe it was the people that she was meeting? Because mm-hmm. she made it to Joshua Tree. It says her car was found yeah. parked right outside the park. Right. So could they but have done something with her? she left the park and was seen at a truck stop. Right. Could they have, you know, held her hostage and dumped her car outside the park and then taken off and stopped at a rest stop to go potty or... I don't know. Again, the whole, she didn't have anything with her, that's, that's not right. No, and, she, and her camping supplies were in her car, so she maybe didn't even have time to set up a tent or... Right. Yeah, that's, that's strange. Very strange. And I wouldn't be brushing it off if I was her family. I know. They're still hopeful. I wouldn't be hopeful of this, but maybe I'm just kind of a pessimist. Yeah, me too. Sad, though. It's very sad. It's I, f- very I just troubling. feel like there's so much more that could have been written in that article. And they just, like I said, it's kind of made light of. I don't know. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Anyways, so that was my story. That's really weird. Very odd. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're going on a road trip, make sure you give an itinerary to someone because you never know what's going to happen. Especially Again, if even you have if kids. even if there's no foul play, you still want people to know where to be able to find you if something right. goes wrong. Right. And wouldn't she have talked to her roommates about, "Oh, I'm leaving and someone's babysitting my son and I'm meeting so and so." Wouldn't she have talked about that with her roommates? Yeah. Or or her husband or whoever was babysitting her son. Yeah. I don't. It's just a weird situation. It's a very weird, weird, weird thing. So I will try it's to. It's almost s- like she was lured there. Yeah. That's how it feels that's to me. That's how it feels. So I will uh, keep my eye out for any updates. I signed up okay. for like a newsletter to oh, okay. get News updates. Alerts. Yeah. That's good. So what's your next story? Okay, so this is a little heartwarming story. Oh, good. We need okay. that. Yeah, this is from NPR. Hero Rat wins a top animal award for sniffing out landmines. Look what? at him. Look at his little, like, collar. His little... <laughs> oh, he's a pet? No, he's a trained rat. There's trained rats? Yeah, he's a landmine rat. Have you not... I thought you were joking. No. No, have, I've never heard of never that. You've never heard of this? Ever. They, because they're so light. They, they don't, don't trip trigger it. the landmines, but they're so smart. They can be trained to find them. Oh. Just like, you know, like a, a hound would be right. trained, but right. the hound would trigger the landmine. Right. Okay. Wow. So Magawa, a rat that has been trained to detect explosives, was awarded the PDSA gold medal on Friday for bravery and searching out unexploded landmines in Cambodia. Wow. Yeah. Good job, Magawa. Magawa. For the first time, one of Britain's highest animal awards has been awarded to a rat. (laughs) The animal has detected dozens of landmines in Cambodia, and it's believed to have saved lives. Magawa is a Tanzanian-born African giant pouched rat. Oh, wow. He's got a pouch? Like Like a a kangaroo? kangaroo? That's weird. Has been trained by the nonprofit APOPO to sniff out explosives. With careful training, he and his rat colleagues learn to identify landmines and alert their human handlers so the mines can be safely removed. 
Among his other skilled cohorts working in Cambodia, Magawa is a standout sniffer. <laughs> Did they say how much he weighs? No. Well, maybe. Um, In four years, he has helped to clear more than 1.5 million square feet of land, an area about the size of 20 soccer fields. In the process, he has found 39 landmines and 28 items of unexploded ordnance. How do you train a rat? Just like with rewards, like a dog. Like that's how they train bomb-sniffing dogs is they train them to um they get rewards when they smell explosives like when they hit on the right thing and you get rewards and rewards and rewards wow i just didn't think rats are smart like that they're super smart they're why do you think they do testing on them like rats and mazes and stuff and like they can because it was like usually like rodents like people don't care about them and Um. they're not as sad as like a cat or something. Yeah, I figured yeah. that's why. Well, it, that's one thing, and they are easily attained because they rodents breed so easily <sighs> and quickly. But they're also very smart. I didn't know that. Um, in wow. a virtual ceremony Friday, the UK charity PDSA gave Magawa its gold medal for his life-saving <laughs> work. This is the very first time in our 77-year history of honoring animals that we have presented a medal to a rat. The PDSA chair. John Smith said during the proceedings. The group started giving out medals during World War II to recognize animals for gallantry in the face of conflict. Previous honorees have included dogs, pigeons, horses, and a cat. Pigeons? (laughs) Well, like carrier pigeons. Oh, I thought that was a joke. No, like pigeons would carry messages like to... I didn't know that. (laughs) I thought that was a joke. No. There's actually one carrier pigeon in World War I who he uh, like saved a whole platoon and he ended up like... Maybe it was World War II. Might have been World War II. But he like... He got his... He was flying. He got his leg shot off and like hit with with a, a sniper hit but he still made it to where he was supposed to go to deliver the message and it saved like this whole platoon of guys i think it was actually world war ii wow and they ended up saving like the medic saved his life and like the pigeon yes the pigeon he lost an eye and a leg how do they know where to fly to they're homing pigeons oh so they like like you they don't know, get distracted like oh she's a hot pigeon and no you know what I like that's been proven that their brains um can orient based on the magnetic pole of the earth like they can orient back home wow it's crazy dude but like they'll that. so they'll set the pigeon up so like it's home and it's coop is like on one side and then they'll take them in crates to like away Got from home. It. And then when they need to send a message, they'll release it and it goes home. Oh. And there's usually a hot like pigeon lady waiting for them. <laughs> like, no, like one of the things they're motivated in is like getting back to their mate and breeding. But they will, like, just fly home. And this little guy was so determined. He got his leg shot off. He got Aww. an eye shot off. And he still made it and saved this whole platoon. That's amazing. I'll have to find um, the hero pigeon. I'll, so, so the sniper say. knew the pigeon was carrying a message. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they would, um, they would purposely shoot pigeons out of the sky because they knew they were communicating. I had no idea. Yeah. So when I saw that on Game of Thrones, I was like, always thought it was a joke. Like with the ravens? Yeah. No, dude. 
I was like, this this show yes. is so not realistic. So dragons and flying pigeons with <laughs> flying messages. Flying birds with messages. <laughs> no, like, it's, it's an ancient wow. way of communicating. That's smart. Yeah. And That's when crazy. You, yeah, so. Um, wow. Uh, let's see. There's something new every day around you, Rachel. <sighs> okay, so Christoph um, Cox. Um, is that the pigeon? No. <laughs> I mean the, the rat. Said the organization began exploring new explosive detonation detection techniques after an analysis found that landmine detection was the most expensive and tedious part of the problem. I bet. That's why we came up with the idea of using rats, because rats are fast. They can screen an area of 200 square meters in half an hour. Whoa. Something that would take um, manual... An, which would take a manual dem deminer four days. Wow. Cox said, um, why don't we use rats? Don't we use dogs in our military for bomb sniffing? Bomb sniffing, but this is landmine. Like you can't send a dog out into where, you know, landmines are buried because they'll trigger it because they're heavy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Magawa is part of a cohort of rats spread by APOPO for this purpose. He was born in Tanzania in 2014, socialized and moved to Siem Reap, Cambodia in 2016 to begin his bomb sniffing career. APOPO uses positive reinforcement methods that give the rats food rewards, told you rewards for accomplishing tasks such as finding a target or walking across the surface. Then they're trained and set scent discrimination choosing explosive smells over something else to get a food reward oh. um though they have terrible eyesight the rats are ideal for such work with their extraordinary sense of smell and their lightweight they are too light to trigger the mines when they detect a mine they lightly scratch atop it signaling to their handler what they found oh. um their reward is a banana <laughs> can you imagine rats like rat eating a banana with his little hands like peeling it. that would be cute <laughs> have you seen the pizza rat like dragging uh -huh, the pizza down pizza the stairs rat, yeah cox said that rats hone their skills in a training field and are only cleared to begin work once they have perfect accuracy over <laughs> 8600 square foot area wow perfect accuracy dang we really trust our rats because very often after clearing a minefield our team will play a game of soccer on the cleared field to assure the quality of our work holy <laughs> shit there's a lot of trust in a yeah. rat cox said the rats have freed more than one million people from the terror of living with landmines oh. on weekends the rats get special feast meals and once their skills wane they go to a rat retirement home where they get food <laughs> and play for the rest of their days cox said he hopes this award will bring more attention to the cause to which magawa and his human colleagues are devoted Aww. We hope we can solve the landmine problem in the next five to ten years, but it needs the engagement and support of the wider public. Where did the landmines come from? Uh, I'm not sure which war, but I think it might have been a civil war oh. in Cambodia, or it might have been one of our wars. I don't know the exact history. I'd have to. We'll have to fact check. That. I wonder if our military uses rats. You know how, like, when they were in Afghanistan or Iraq, like mm -hmm. all the roadside bombs that they got blew blew up with i wonder right. if i know they maybe use they metal should, detectors maybe or whatever. they should switch to rats yeah um but there's a little video <gasps> jeez it's so violent oh hero rat he's cute he is cute i've never seen a rat that looks like that it's big looks like the rous yes he's so big 
Yeah, the military should switch to yes. bomb sniffing rats. Yes. And a rat eating a little banana. <laughs> it's like one of the cuter things but I've his seen. His face looks like an ROUS, but in yeah. a cute way. Yeah, they're super cute. I didn't realize that there was rats that big. I mean, <laughs> He's very big. That's scary. Yeah. So that's my little heartwarming story. Good job, Rachel. Thanks. That Good was job, Magawa. Yeah, yeah, Magawa. We'll have to. I'll link like the full video or something. Yeah. To the show notes. He's probably like laying on a mound of apple bananas. <laughs> so many bananas. It's so cute. God, animals are significant. They're so. I know we don't deserve animals. No, there's so much to them that I have no clue about. I know. So, um, what would you recommend to watch, listen to, or read this Um, So, like I said in the beginning, the White House Farm Murders on HBO Max Mm -hmm. just came out. Six-part series, really good, true story. Um, The Social Dilemma on Netflix Mm -hmm. that we were talking about, I think that's a must. It's a must, yeah. Not only is it educating, but it's interesting and fascinating and the depth they go to to show what goes on um and they compare facebook our addiction to it how it affects our brains to like slot machines like Mm -hmm. gambling yeah the dopamine spike it gives us when we get a like keep keep hitting and keep hitting and keep hitting and maybe i'll get lucky this time but yeah you're hitting you're you're playing for likes and attention right and like how um lack of likes or likes affects our brain and our mood yeah like the dopamine spike we get or the sadness we get no one liked my article that i posted or whatever i've heard kids say that and i mean they i mean they were talking about how in the documentary how our brains are wired to like care about what like our family and our core group of friends thinks about us Right. We're not wired or evolved to to be able to handle the criticism or or the um n- the we are not evolved to care what 2 million people think the of us. The magnitude that Facebook or brings. Or 200 people. Like we're right. not we're are we can't deal with that. Our no. brains are not No. Our brains are still like you know, like we, small tribe oriented yeah they're small tribe oriented exactly and that's not like we can't deal with that and no, no wonder so many the the spike in teen and preteen girl suicides yeah. and suicide attempts was staggering i don't remember the number it was like starting in 2013 it skyrocketed by like 170 percent oh, that's so sad it's so staggering Facebook dictates our kids, you know, and even young adults' well, lives. And not it even dictates Facebook, everything they do. but now, like... Instagram. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. YouTube. Like, it's just... Yeah. I didn't think of YouTube as a social media site until that watching The Social Dilemma. And then I was like, oh, it is. Because mm-hmm. people can comment. Mm-hmm. And, and suggest videos yeah and I was like because I always just thought of it like 
if there's something I can't find, like yeah. just go to YouTube and you'll be able to find a video somewhere. Because I never look at comments or anything. I just right. was like, I need to find this. Right. I didn't think of it as social media, but it totally is. Yeah. A lot of people get discovered and get mm-hmm. paid for YouTube videos. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Nuts. It's so, unhealthy. Yeah. And they're just scratching the surface of how unhealthy this is yeah. and how it affects our civilization. So I concur. I totally agree that it's a must for everybody to watch. Yeah. I social totally. For, I think there's another one that's similar to Social Dilemma out there on a different platform, and I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, that I'm glad that you made your family sit down and watch that. That yeah. was smart. I don't think it changed anything for my kids necessarily. Planted a seed. Planted a seed and awareness. It was good. It was a good first step. (sighs) You're smart. I think that was a good call. Um, There's other things that I've been watching or watching a lot lately because I've been, when I have spare time to myself, like I said, I've been hiding under the covers and just watching TV. I just picture you in like a blanket fort, basically. Yeah. Like your own little A heated blanket fort. fort. (laughs) Pretty much. <laughs> That's how I like decompress. Is that the right mm-hmm. word? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I yeah. know it's stupid. Um, there is one more show that I was watching. I'm trying to remember what it was called and I forget. But I have been listening to um, Something Was Wrong podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and it's as it's nearing the end of this season, it's it's gotten really good. Like I forget mm-hmm. that girl's name. Is it Rachel? Her name's Rachel. Yeah. yeah what she went through Mm -hmm. like do you find yourself like oh yeah I've been through that or I remember that happening yes I uh uh-huh is it triggering or it triggers memories yes of like I know how that feels Mm -hmm. like or yeah it's 100% it's nuts yeah and again like I didn't go through the physical or emotional abuse that she went through with her dad and mom but I've been through the control and the manipulation and the social like the church oh my god when the church just basically like sent them away after the mom was like my husband's abusing my kids and they didn't do shit I was like that's such a church thing to do yeah they didn't want to get involved they said you either need to step down or you need to go to therapy yeah and so he chose to step down and then they moved yeah and it's like but they offered her a scholarship or something As like a to play I don't what it was just such a church thing to do <laughs> right why didn't I was so shocked they didn't call the police no that doesn't happen it should yes it should <laughs> but it doesn't happen I know I guess they think they can handle it think within their cell think about their our old church yeah think true. about all the things that should the police should have been called on but yeah that's true no they decided to handle it themselves uh-huh. I guess yeah it's just, it's just sad. It, oh, it makes me sick. And just, I mean, think about our old church and the fact that our old church decided to just handle the crimes that happened internally, mm-hmm. letting that pastor just go free. Yeah. And think about what he's been doing since then. Yeah. And all the people he's continued to victimize. Yeah. That's true. Think about the damage he's done since then. A lot lot of damage and that could have been stopped yeah if the church had said we're calling the police yeah for your crimes Uh uh-huh you're right yeah because it's not yeah you're not just ignoring the actual like 
what's happening right now, you're just enabling an abuser. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they thought that, you know, it's bad enough what we're doing by making him step down that we don't want to. I'm just trying to think of like what we're. No, it's the whole like. Yeah. Or it was maybe just a power play and it didn't really matter. Like, you know, someone else know. wanted that position. So yeah. they didn't really care what happened yeah. as long as they got. As long, yeah, exactly. It's, again, not thinking about the victims or the crimes or having somebody actually face justice for right. what they've done. But just either get rid of the problem or gain some power. And then, but again, I mean, think about... I mean, we know stuff. Yeah. And it could have been avoided had he been prosecuted for his crimes. Yeah. I think maybe they think about different verses in the Bible, like leadership in churches where they're like, if you have a problem with a brother, go to him. And if he doesn't hear you, then uh, take two more people with you. And then if he doesn't hear right. you, take it before the church or whatever. You know what I'm the saying? The Jehovah's Witnesses don't report child abuse because you need two or more witnesses right. to cooperate. Right. And how many pedophiles abuse children with witnesses? Yeah. Right. So None. just the child saying they abuse me is not enough. You need two children. Right. Or a witness to the, like, that's why it doesn't get reported. Right. Right. Oh, the vow. Yes! You told me about that on I HBO know, Max. Maxium, oh but not my the purple bell. <laughs> it's so good. It's okay. I feel so bad for those people, but it's, it's I've been waiting. Like I remember like when uh-huh. he was going through court, I was like, I know someone's filming yes. the documentary. I can't wait till one. Yeah. I didn't expect one to come out so soon. And there's more to come for sure. Oh. But well, because so he good. was such a narcissist. He was documenting his whole fucking life. And then the guy who was recording it left the cult but owned like had all the footage right and he was recording it in real time as things yeah. were happening i thought it was going to be like an after reenactment yeah and stuff. yeah i was like these are really good reenactments this seems really real yeah it, it's, and it is but it's all real it's it's insane like it's there's so there's so many things that i didn't know about mm-hmm. about him mm-hmm. and when they when uh if you don't know what we're talking about, Nexium was a, a sex trafficking cult that was kind of like Scientology, better yourself type of thing. Right. It kind of posed as like a professional self-help, like get, yes. get better in business. Yes. But you had to pay to take all these classes and go yeah, thousands up, of dollars. Go up with your little sashes and... Work for free for the organization. <laughs> yeah, sounds familiar. And this guy named Keith Ranieri was the head of it all, and he was apparently the smartest man in the world. Oh, and- so yeah, he claims to have been the smartest man in the world because he took an IQ test that ended up in the Guinness Book of World Records, but it wasn't a test that was, like, monitored by anybody. Like, he just took a test and turned it in. Right, right. And he's supposed to be, like, a piano project. And when prodigy. he was playing the piano and he was like, do, 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 yeah, do, yeah. do, 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 Yes. I was like, wow, what a great concert pianist you have. So his, the interview, like, where they show footage of him and he's talking, and he's talking in, like, the circular Yes. Compass. Works no sense. That is my husband's ex business partner to a T. The pompous, circular 
talking the long 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 talking that doesn't actually have a point or make any sense you just sound like you know what you're talking about because you drone on and on and on with like words and yes and soliloquy like I was like yes. watching this guy it kind of creeps me out a little bit because it is so much like my husband's ex-business partner that I'm just like oh it gives me the heebie-jeebies I've never met him, but I believe you. Well, I've kind of met him once at the post office <laughs> parking lot. But um, it reminded me of a pastor we know. Uh-huh. And that particular pastor is even more like that now. Like, would put Keith Raniere to shame about talking in circles. Circle and making oh Making God. no sense. And I'm but like... sounding like you know what you're talking about. Yes, because you got the confidence in your and tone. And like the people just like staring up adoringly at him. Yes. I was like... Like when they showed the just video... holding court. Yes, like when they showed the video of their volleyball meetings the from midnight, midnight to 7 a.m. And the first time he met Allison I Mack. I out loud when I saw him in his little volleyball With the sweatband. With his little knee pads. And he's got little teeny tiny Tyrannosaurus arms. Did you notice he's that? He's a small guy. I keep saying to Justin because we were watching it together. And I'm always like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice how small his arms were. His arms are short. They're like little short I'll have to arms. pay attention. Okay, yeah. Be, like when he's at a table. Like you and I are at a table right now and our arms are like here. His hands are like here. Like little <laughs> like short arms. <laughs> It was crazy how he, like Allison Mack, how he just sucked her in the first time he met her. Yeah. He was just like, you don't need acting and arts to make you happy, basically. Just the yeah. gist of what they're saying. You you could should be able to be happy without it. And she starts crying and she's like, well, it scares me because it's all I've known and I love doing it and it's my passion. And he basically just told her in so many different words, quit what you're doing, come follow me. Yeah. Right then in that conversation. And she's like crying. In midnight volleyball. Yeah. And and it's like how I was thinking, like talking to these people, like how are you not seeing the circle talk? How are you not seeing that what he just said did not blow your mind, but it made no fucking sense. I think. And that he's talking off the fly, off the cusp, you know. Because we're, most of us are just so deeply insecure, number one. That we, you know, it's like the emperor's new clothes. Nobody wanted to admit that they couldn't see the clothes. And so, okay, do you remember that story? You're looking at me like you don't remember. It's an old fairy tale where there's this emperor who's super vain. And he wants the most beautiful set of clothes ever made. So this this, uh, tailor comes and he says, I can make the most beautiful clothes I can weave the most beautiful fabric for you but here's the thing is only people who are super super smart can see the fabric so he was naked (laughs) so he what this guy and this guy the emperor gives him like gold and gold and gold to pay to get the materials to and he sits in this room and he pretends to weave and it's just this air in- invisible fabric that only the smart people and the emperor would come in and be like hey how's it going and the tailor would be like oh can you like it's going really well what do you think of the red flower cluster over here and the emperor would be like oh it looks really good I not love- wanting to admit he right can't see not it. wanting to make he can't see it and then the tailor makes him his set of clothes and puts it on him and the whole court just is like Wow, those are so beautiful clothes. And the yeah. emperor then like marches down the street. <laughs> and the whole town is just like, wow, what beautiful clothes. Except for this little kid 
who goes, why is the emperor naked? And then everyone's like, oh, he is naked. <laughs> but that's what it's like. But like, no one wants to no say No one anything. wants to admit, like, I don't get it. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Because then you're not on the same level as the right. smartest man in the world. Right. So Good you just point. buy into the bullshit. Right. Or pretend, like, pretend you know what he's talking about. Right. Too afraid to call him out and be like, that's bullshit. That doesn't right. make any sense. That's why one of <laughs> the ex-business partner, he never liked me because he would start circle talking me and I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense what you're saying. You'd actually say that to him? Yeah, I would say this is the problem and what you just said doesn't have anything to do with that. I need a solution to the problem that we're facing right now. I never bought into his bullshit. No, you didn't. People, not because I'm like special or anything, but I had gone through enough manipulation to see it coming a mile away yeah you did or i was just like no you called it from the beginning yeah but like it's it's not like i mean the people that fell into this next game think they're bright people yeah smart talented people has nothing to do with how qualified or smart they are it just has to do with people number one wanting seeking yeah something yeah for sure wanting something to live for not wanting to look stupid like we mm-hmm. all have that fear like i don't want to look stupid wanting a community wanting too. a community and because we're not psychopaths we don't think that this person we're listening to is manipulating and a bullshitter and trying to just get power and money because we wouldn't do that to somebody. Right. So we can't see it in like, we can't imagine somebody else doing it to us. Because right. We would never do it to, cause we have right. empathy and a conscience. Whereas a psychopath or a sociopath like Keith Ranieri doesn't, doesn't. And so you're, you can't see it because you can't imagine it right and then you get so deep in then so foreign to you right and then when you get so deep in and those little check marks red red flags or those checks in your gut start coming you don't want to believe them because then your whole world would fall apart you've been told also that you are wrong right that you need help you need to better yourself these whole like you got to get to the next level and the next level is just telling you you're not good enough yet Right. You're not good enough yet. So if I wasn't good enough and I'm not good enough yet and I'm having these red flags, these red flags must be wrong. Right. That's the whole. Right. God, that (sighs) sounds like someone I know. Yeah. Yeah. So when uh, he eventually gets uh, this large group of women to sleep with him and some of the girls know, but most of them don't know who he's sleeping with or that he's even doing that. And he keeps asking the girl, you know, he gets really close to the girls. And another thing is that it was mainly girls that were Mm -hmm. in this thing. It was very few men, but he was always surrounded by girls, Mm -hmm. right? And he keeps asking one of the girls, what do you want? What do you want? And she goes, well, I like being close to you. I like being good friends and and, um, having this friendship with you. I don't think it necessarily means that we need to be physical, but I'm not, I'm open to that if it does. And so they end up sleeping with each other. And she felt weird. She said, I felt like I was out of my body, like my body was shaking and it just, it felt odd and foreign and like I wasn't enjoying it or something like that. And so he had Allison Mack, um, who was like kind of his cohort in this thing mm-hmm. and all his the other girls. Galane. Yeah, Galane exactly. Maxwell. And all the other girls looked yeah. up to. Um, 
come and talk to her and say, hey, I heard Keith was doing some body work with you. Body work, as in sex, but body work. And if your body responds differently, you know, that's totally normal. Just like body work. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, it's, oh, and he told her if your body feels weird or foreign or it's shaking, it's because I transferred so much energy to you. That's that's what he said to her. I like threw up in my mouth a little bit with the energy. Instead of not wanting to have sex with this short, ugly, icky, and you pretty much just talked me into it and I'm repulsed, (laughs) but you transferred so much energy into me. Yeah. Gross. So gross. So gross, dude. Yeah, just come back. So, yeah, sorry for the rabbit trail, but I'm no. so glad you told me about the vow because I had no idea yeah. that was out. Yeah. I was so happy. Very, ha- very good watch. I hate that I have to wait every week for a new no. episode. Dang it. It bothers me. <laughs> Dang it. I'm really hoping that there's some cameras that are inside the courtroom that they go that far in the mm-hmm. documentary yeah, and that show. Would be good. I've been wanting to see I don't what happened think in that there. There were cameras in the courtroom. There weren't. I don't think so. There but had to be. Someone must have snuck a phone or something. Yeah. I'm hoping because I want I want to see his face when, you know, because the other girls turned against him. Even Allison Mack had to to save her own ass. Oh really? Yeah. That's oh, why I she's think- not in jail. Oh, she's not. No, she's on house arrest, I think. Oh, I think. She was during the trial. I don't know. She, yeah. But yeah, she turned against him. They said, hey, unless you give us dirt, you're going to be right with him in the cell. And so she had to wow. take a plea deal, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just... For oh. mutilating the bodies of women and... With your fucking initials. Oh, my God. And sexual which she was a part of too Mm -hmm. so i'm i mean if she's not sitting in jail i'm pretty sure she's She's, on house arrest with her parents but she'd be lucky that she didn't get any jail time house arrest is nothing compared to what she deserved yeah like that one girl who i think it was the girl who remained anonymous who was like i was or somebody was like i was branded and then blindfolded and then i was put in a shed and somebody performed oral sex on me yeah yeah like without her knowledge or consent she yes just, i was just like this is so wrong on so, so many wrong. levels like and this is how i see the guy who's leading our country i he's just like that yeah he's he's just like well, that. well that's how i feel like i feel like Everybody is in a cult. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. You're in a weird cult. Yeah. Like you're desperately devoted to him. Yeah. Just like blindly following, blindly devoted. He can do you no can't wrong. can't tell me anything different. Yes. Even when the facts are there. Yeah. And it's a political situation. It's yeah, not a religious it's so one. It's so weird. It's so weird. That's how I feel too. Yeah. It's yeah. icky. Um. Okay. What about you? Okay, so I'm listening to, um, oh, this is, so I, Justin and I started listening to this podcast called Relative Unknown. Okay. About a, a guy um, uh, who, this, well, actually, it's about a woman whose dad was a hell's angel but later in life ended up turning state's witness and then going into the witness protection program. Okay. But then um, murdering his wife and her son and burning their house down and then taking his own life while in witness protection. Wait, okay, so he, he, this, this woman's father 
murdered his own wife and his own son and burned the house down while mm-hmm. in witness protection. Yes. Why? Um, it's, there's a lot to the story, like okay. stress and stuff, but so it's kind of like going back and like finding out who he was and how he got involved with the Hells Angels. And then does someone we know know him? No. Oh, no. I asked him. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I asked him and he was like, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't run with that, that chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, well, cause this guy was out of Detroit and oh, the guy gotcha. we know was out of, um, Northern California. Right. So they did not run in the same circles, but, um, same lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Lo- lots of coolers. <coughs> oh my god <laughs> i forgot about that story campfire stories <laughs> i didn't god. forget you know what we should do is we should get him in here <laughs> record a bunch of stories with him that would be awesome anonymous stories with him um because i he says even though he got out he says that there are people who would take him out if oh they yeah could. that's yeah. why he's kind of up here in the middle of nowhere yeah but <laughs> it's crazy. It's a crazy story. Um, so that's really good. Um, then as far as like just like really good entertainment, I'm also listening to this podcast called Spooked. Okay. Which is just basically people telling their real life stories about like encounters with like ghosts or like unexplained events. Like aliens? <clears throat> no, aliens yet. But mostly just like ghost stories. And it's really well produced. It's produced by like public radio in New York or something. Um, so that's really entertaining. And Are like, these people believable in their oh, story? Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of these people have like gone on to like write books and stuff about their experiences. And, wow. Yeah. So as far as like entertainment and just kind of like, ooh, a good story, I would recommend that. Spooked podcast. Um, and then watching, I'm watching The Vow, and Justin and I started watching, also on HBO, Lovecraft Country. I was on the fence <clears> about <throat> that. I was like, is that, that looks weird. It's really good. But is it, it? It's almost like historical fiction, historical science fiction horror, almost. So it is good. It's really good, like. Like, the acting is phenomenal. The set design is phenomenal. But there are some, like, whoa, like, gross parts. But it's good. Like, I like it. I saw the preview for Raised by Wolves, and I was like, no. Oh, I've been watching that, too. Is that good? It's really good. Which yeah. one's better? Um, They're equally good, but they're definitely different. Like, Raised by Wolves is definitely, like, science fiction. <clears throat> it has um, to be good sci-fi. I have a low tolerance for sci-fi, so it has to be yeah. really good. I would say watch Lovecraft Country because it's okay. also Lovecraft Country is kind of contained in each episode. Like you could watch an episode on its own without having to watch the whole series. Oh, okay, all right. Um, whereas Raised by Wolves, you would have to start from the beginning. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's kind of all I've been watching and listening to. What was the first podcast called? Relative Unknown. Relative Unknown. Did yeah. she know her father? Yeah. Okay. She did not like her father. I bet. <laughs> I'll have to listen to that. It sounds interesting. Yeah. I'll share it with you. Cool. I'll send you a link. <clears throat> Anything else? Not that I can think of. Okay. No. I think we Me unloaded either. a lot. Yeah. 
Um, hopefully it's not another month before we record. No. <laughs> it won't be. Yeah, it's just a little crazy month. It's a little crazy. Yeah, it's simmering down, hopefully. Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, so I would challenge people to maybe take social media off your phone for a week. See how that goes. It's hard at first, but you can do it. Yeah. You'll the get first used couple to days, I felt like I didn't know what to do with my left hand. Uh huh. But now I'm like, I'm fine. I feel better. Yeah. You're not missing anything. No, You're really I'm not, not missing anything because the people I care about, I'm like in group text with. Like I have right. a group text with my running buddies. I have the group text with you and our our Gary crew. And then like my family knows how to get a hold of me. So You're in a group text with like five different ones with them. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is keeps me in a group text. I know. But um yeah, like the people like that's the bottom line is like the people I care about I communicate with outside of social media. So why am I spending my time like fixated on what's happening? Because you feel like you're going to miss out on something. FOMO. That's how I felt when I first stopped. Yeah. But I I think it, it, you're right. It's, it's healthier mentally and emotionally. So that would, that would be my challenge. But some people love drama, so it'd be impossible for them to stop. Yeah, that's true. Well, with that, stay informed, stay hydrated. But don't drink the Kool-Aid. Good night.